systems for sustaining spiritual vibrancy. Part two. Systems for sustaining spiritual vibrancy. Part two. Romans chapter 12 and best number 11 amplified classic edition. Romans chapter 12 and best number 11. Aroma 12 verse 11. Amplified classic edition. The Bible says, reading from the Amplified Classic Edition, Romans chapter 12, verse number 11. It says, never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor, be aglow and burning with the Spirit serving the Lord. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be a glow and burning with the spirit. Serving the Lord. I didn't say amplified. I said amplified classic edition, please. We read it yesterday. So put it there for the people. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, reading the same verse of scripture from the Common English Bible, Romans chapter 12 and verse number 11, it says, now hear this. Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Be on fire in the spirit as you serve the Lord. Spiritual vibrancy is really about being on fire in the Holy Spirit. It is about burning with the Spirit. When we got born again, God kindled a fire in us, which fire must be kept burning. This fire is zeal, passion, drive, and dedication to the things of God. Zeal for the things of God. Passion for God and his agenda in the Drive and dedication for the things of God. It includes prayerfulness and the desire to place God in everything and at all times. It is this fire that must be sustained. It is this fire that must be sustained. It is this fire that must be kept burning. Yesterday we read from Leviticus chapter 6 verses 12 to 13. Where God instructed Moses Aaron and all the priests that the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it it shall not be put out any power of hell putting out the fire of God in your life is destroyed in the name of Jesus amen in verse number 13 the bible says verse 13 bible 
A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. I decree this hour that the fire of the Holy Spirit upon your life shall never go out. I said it shall never go out. I'm talking to you, shout your loudest, Amen. Amen. When God is saying in that verse number 13 of Leviticus chapter 6 that a fire shall also be burning on the altar, it shall never go out. He's simply calling for consistency of spirituality. Consistency of spirituality. We must do everything by the help of God to sustain spiritual vibrancy. If you are less on fire today than you were in the past, you are a backslider. If you are less on fire today than you were in the past, you have lowered the fire. You have compromised. The Bible says the path of the just is as a shining sun that shines ever brighter until the perfect day. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. We must shine ever brighter in the things of God. Paul talks about rooted and built up in Christ. Well established in the faith. Well established in the faith. Colossians 2 7. Colossians 2 7. In Revelation chapter 2. Verses 1 to 5. Some believers were rebuked for their compromise. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand. Who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Verse number four, please hear this. Nevertheless, I have this against you. So many of us, God has something against us. When he looked at them, he found something against them. Nevertheless, I have this against you. What has happened? You have left. You have lost. You have abandoned your first love. You have lowered the fire. You have only remained with the motions. 
motions, works, activities. But you have lost the essence and the substance of it. That is the sad placement of so many Christians in our time. God is never happy when we don't uphold zeal, fire, and dedication unto him. He's never happy when we lose our spiritual favancy, our spiritual fire. In Revelation chapter 3 verses 15 to 16. Revelation chapter 3 verses 15 to 16. Please hear this. 315 media quickly please. 3.15 I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. In other words, so many people are lukewarm. They are lukewarm. They are neither hot nor cold. Hmm. Lukewarmness is when coldness neutralizes hotness. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will vomit you out of my mouth. The truth of the matter is some people were already vomited long time ago. So many people today are standing on the borderline. Neither cold nor hot. They are hot on Sunday morning. Slightly hot on Monday. Tuesday cold. Wednesday cold. Thursday cold. Friday cold. Saturday cold. Saturday cold. Saturday cold. Saturday they can steal and cut corners anytime. No spiritual discipline whatsoever. They have no iota of the fear of God in them. Their Christianity is circumstantial. They are standing on the borderline. And God is not interested in such Christians. God says about such people. He says if you continue like this, I will vomit you out. I will vomit you out. I will vomit you out. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 9. Genesis 3 verse 9. You know the story. How Adam lost his place. Then the Lord God called unto him and said to him. Where? Are you? God is 
asking this question to so many people in our time. Used to be in a place of prayer. A place of holiness. A place of integrity. A place of the fear of me, reverence of me. But where are you today? So many people have lost their place in fire. So many people have lost their place in God. And I wouldn't be surprised that you are one of them. You are just religious. You are so engrossed in activity. When in actual fact you have lost spirituality. There is only activity without, without spirituality. You have a form of godliness, but you have denied the power thereof. In those days when you lied, you fell under the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Today you can lie without sensing any conviction at all. Your conscience has been seared with a hot iron. It is time to repent. It is time to come back to fire. I said it is time to come back to fire. I said it is time to come back to fire. It is time to come back to the fear of God. It is time to come back to integrity. It is time to come back to the fear of God. Whether they say amen or not, the Lord is speaking tonight. So many people like Elijah who was on top. He was on fire for God. He even prayed to bring down the fire of God. And fire came down and burned the sacrifice. In 1 Kings chapter 18. He said let the God who answers by fire be gone. In 24 going down to 46. Fire came down. And after fire came down. He slaughtered the prophets of Baal. And he went up the mountain to pray. And rain came down. After three Years and six months of drought in the land. But the following day, he was down in the valley, depressed, because a lady by the name Jezebel had threatened to separate his head from his body. And he found himself in the cave. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, chapter 19, verses 9 to 10. 1 Kings 19, verses 9 to 10. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, here it is. The word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here? The man was expecting God to be sympathetic. To show some level of concern. To his shock and surprise, the question was, What are you doing here? 
You used to sing in the choir. Today, what are you doing here? What are you doing just sitting in the pews? You used to be in the place of intercession. What are you doing now? What are you doing here? Wasting your life and wasting yourself. You used to win souls. You used to, to give to the work of God like nobody, nobody's business. You used to pray at night. You used to live a holy life. What has happened to you? Elijah, Elijah, you were so bold yesterday, you came out and challenged the false prophets. Today you are in the cave. The question is, what are you doing here? Somebody is coming out of compromise. Somebody is coming out of prayerlessness. Somebody is coming out of spiritual lukewarmness. Somebody is coming out of spiritual carelessness. In the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. Somebody is coming back to the place of prayer. Somebody is coming back to the place of fire. Somebody is coming back to the place of diligence. Diligence in prayer. Diligence in the word of God. Diligence in kingdom business. Diligence in the things of the spirit. In the name of Jesus. You have lowered the zeal. You have lowered the fire. You have lowered the passion. Listen to me. We need more of God now than ever before. We need more of his presence. More of his fire. More of his glory. More of his anointing. More of his anointing. We need more time in his presence. I said we need more time in his presence. The less you spend time with God. The more candle you become. The more fleshly you become. What God has given us must be sustained and increased in our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 7. The Bible says we must abound in everything. We can't afford to remain spiritual dwarfs. No sir. We must abound. We must increase. In everything spiritual, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, come on, in, in diligence, in love, we must abound in everything. We must abound in giving. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 58, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding, always abounding, always abounding. Always abounding. Always abounding. Always abounding. Always abounding. We must be on fire for God more now than we were in the past. Always abounding. Always abounding. Always abounding. Always abounding. You know why you're not standing? 
to respond to the word of God is because I'm not saying you shall prosper, you shall increase, you shall settle maritally, you shall have babies. Look at you. May God have mercy on you. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. The Bible says and this I pray. That your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. More and more. Yes, your love must abound. Your love for God. Your love for the brethren. Your desire and passion for the things of the spirit must abound still more and one Thessalonians chapter four. four. Verses nine to ten. Verse nine ten. One Thessalonians chapter four. One four. Verses nine to ten. Verse nine ten. The Bible says. Bible but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And in verse number 10, the Bible says, And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. Now hear this. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Mm. More and more. Mm. You have some level of fire, but it says we urge your brethren to increase more and more in it. More and more. More and more. More and more. More and more. Somebody's abounding more and more. Somebody's abounding more and more. Somebody's abounding more and more. In the name of Jesus. In Second Peter chapter one, verses five to ten. Second Peter chapter five, verses chapter one, verses five to ten. The Bible says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence unto your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. He says, never be on the same spot. Never be at the same spot, on the same spot spiritually. Let there be additions all the time. Increasing yet more and more. He says to your faith add virtue. To virtue add knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance. Let there be additions all the time, additions. Additions, continuous change of spiritual level. Continuous change of spiritual depth. Continuous change. Continuous change. Continuous change. Going deeper and deeper and deeper into the things of God. The Bible talks about the deep things of God. The deep things of God. The deep things of God. One Corinthians chapter two and verse number ten. One Corinthians chapter two, verse number ten. The Bible talks about the deep things of God. The deep things of God. Many are in the shallow areas of these things. It is time to dive into the deep things of God. Have a deep fellowship with God. Have a deep meditations of God. 
launching deeper into the study and meditation of the word of God. The Bible says, Bible for if these things are yours, and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> now, he says that, it's not just about having faith, and adding these things to your faith virtue, knowledge, self-control perseverance, godliness brotherly kindness and love no, he says these things must be yours yes, but they must abound they must abound can you read verses 5 to 7 please verse 5 and 7 Choncho chitani kama kuonje zera moyo wabu ino pache kurubiliyo chanu Dibopo moyo wabu ino monje zerepo mzeru Pamzeru monje zerepo kuzireza Pakuzireza monje zerepo chipiriro Dibopo chipiriro monje zerepo kalidelole meke samulungu Pakalidelole meke samulungu monje zerepo chifundo chabare Pachifundo chabare monje zerepo chikondi He says these things must be yours Agudisi nuzonsezi zikale zanu Spiritual vibrancy means that you must acquire Acquire these virtues, these elements. But having acquired them, the Bible says you must abound in this. These things must abound in you. Don't just have faith, you need to have faith in abundance. Don't just have virtue, have virtue in abundance. Don't just have knowledge, but have it in abundance. Don't just have self-control, have it in abundance. Don't just have perseverance, have it in abundance. Don't just have godliness, have it in abundance. Don't just have brotherly kindness, have it in abundance. Don't just have love, have it in abundance. It says these things are, must be yours. And must abound. And if you allow them to be yours and to abound in your life, you neither be born nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's the sad reality, verse number nine. For he who lacks these things, number one, is short sighted. Number two, he's blind. Number three, he has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So the conclusion of the matter is, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent, my God, mm. to make your core and election sure. If, for if you do these things, you never stumble. Now, I like vegetable 12. 12 in my For this reason, I will not be diligent, I mean, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know and are established in the present truth. So many people are into these, but they are not yet established. 
That is why their spiritual fire and their spiritual life is not consistent. Put some Christians under some little pressure. They will lie like nobody's business. To show that the fellow has no depth. It's like that seed in the parable of the sower that fell on stony ground. It grew, but it had no depth. There's no denying that the seed fell on the ground. Just like there's no denying that you are born again. But the challenge is that the seed had, had no depth of earth. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 5. It had no depth into the ground. There's a ground called Christ, my friend. Your problem is that you have not developed depth into him. You have not grown roots into Christ. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 7, New Living Translation. You have not grown roots. You have not grown roots into Christ. Let your roots grow down into him. And let your lives be buried on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. Just let your roots grow down, grow, not go, but grow. <laughs> grow down into him. Grow down. You see, your challenge is you have no depth, my friend. That is why you are staying in that business. That is why you are cutting corners in that business. That is why you are quarreling here and there in your marriage. You have no depth. You have no depth. That is why you are angry at God. You are offended at him like John the Baptist was. Lack of depth. Your prayers are prayers of accusing God. Master, don't you care that we perish? And they were rebuked for their lack of faith. You of little faith, why did you fear? The challenge that many people have today is lack of consistency. That is inability to maintain and sustain spiritual vibrancy. The Christianity of some people is locational. If they are in Malawi, on fire. In South Africa, they go down. They are in Lilongwe, on fire. Let him go for field work in Mangochi. He is down. He will be sought down to the point of kissing ladies at the lake. Kugwela anumbaka na kumapia pshona kasi kunyanja. 
we are practicing stupid christianity christianity that is not in the bible sir in Joshua 24 and verse number 31 verse 31 in Joshua 24 verse number 31 verse 31 the bible says Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua who had known all the works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Israel anatumikira Jehovah bantawo yoso emene yoso anali ndimo yo ndiposo bantawo ya akula akulu amena nali moyo yoso atamalira and wose amene ankadziwa zose zimene yo Jehovah anajitira Israel. The meaning is after that generation they went into apostasy. And Joshua chapter 2. chapter 2. Verses 7 to 15. Is it Judges chapter 2? Sorry. chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. chapter 2. Verses 7 to 15. Very quickly, please. Judges, please. Chapter 2. Now hear this. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. <laughs> the verse we read. And all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Verse number eight. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. Verse number nine. Now, here it is. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance and Timnath Harris in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Gash, Mount Gash. Now, next verse. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, hear this. Another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. Israel. And this generation we are reading about is equivalent to the current generation of Christians. Christians who do not know the Lord. What they know is social media. YouTube. YouTube. Facebook. Facebook. My wall. My wall, you know. I posted something on my wall. You know. And parents will have greater judgment. Because so many of them, like I said the other day, have helped their children to know cartoons, but they have not helped their children to know God. You have helped your children to know Beijing, Tokyo, Cape Town. Beijing, Tokyo, Cape Town. Heaven, you've taken them there. Your problem is that you have not taken them to Christ. You have greater judgment. You have helped your children to know Tom and Jerry, but not to know Jesus. You're in trouble! You are in trouble. My friend, you are in trouble. 
that thing your child wants, you give him. You give her. You are so soft. But you are not as hard when it comes to the things of God. Children don't like the things of God. That's the truth. Parents must be strong to help the children align with the things of God whether they like it or not. Because that is what is going to help them. Don't make your children regret when they are 30 to discover that they missed it. You can buy your children all the ice cream. All the pizza. But if you don't insist on them knowing Jesus. One day they will regret the pizza and the ice cream they are eating today. Can I tell you this? Your children will not be with you forever. One day there will be somebody's wife or somebody's husband. It is at that point that it will begin to show that you were stupid in raising them the way you raised them. Because that man will say, you go, we've dealt with those things. Where the man says, Pastor, I'm sending my wife to her parents so that they can probably, they missed something in the way they brought her up so they need to re-educate her. I'm prepared to have her away for two years as long as she will come back changed. Yes. Can you imagine that your daughter doesn't know how to cook? Sir, we are not in America. We are in Africa. Where women cook. It's not abuse. It's not abuse. We, we, in our culture here, women what? Cook. What do they do? They cook. Among other functions, what do they do? You, 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 you are looking at me as if you don't understand what I'm saying. And I want you to know, I like and I enjoy eating food or meals prepared by my wife. It is always different from what others may prepare. I thank God for their effort. And my daughters are listening anyway. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, when I go to the table and I open 
the plates, the, the bowls or the what you call the food warmers. I know that this is food prepared by my wife. It has a different look. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you imagine that she didn't know how to cook? I don't know. I don't want to like assume, but probably it would have been a problem. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to speculate because the challenge is not there. Can you imagine you are raising a son and you did not teach him responsibility? Who have a young, a young son, a last born, who, 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 what do we call it? He, he cleans our plates. He, he cleans, he washes plates. Yes, he washes plates. plates. Your own. You didn't even call him sir. Your own son, sir. 12 years you are calling him, sir. Sit here, sir. Sit here, sir. You are raising a big headed son who will fail to run the affairs of his family. Sir, Sit here, sir. Eat, sir. Go and bath, sir. Sir, leave your room. We want to clean up your room. We want to make your bed. Look, that boy must make his bed. I said that boy must make his bed. He's the one sleeping on it. That you employed some workers doesn't mean they should do everything in that house. Don't raise irresponsible children. Irresponsible, useless children. If you do that as a parent, your brain has switched off. Don't argue for nothing. This your children you are treating like eggs. You will not be with them forever. One day, when we thought that Lawrence is still young, he came home and said, Dad and mommy, Dad and mommy, I would like to have an audience with you. Okay. And he said, Dad, I have found someone to marry. Said, okay. That is good news. We gave him some advice. The letter on. He said, you know what? I need to have another meeting with you. Okay. He said, I appreciate your effort 
in raising me. And all they care. But allow me to stay on my own. We said, what do you have? <laughs> what do you have? He said, no, just allow me. It's now time for me to apply the principles you've been teaching me over the year. Ask his wife if he is not a responsible husband in his marriage. What if we didn't impart any principles? Oh, let me ask you, pastors. Did he ever come to you to confide in you that I'm struggling in my marriage? Did he ever approach you? These are children that you are treating like, I don't know, not, you are, it's not even like eggs. I think it's like, I don't know what. What? I don't know. What should we call it? Handle with care. Those children, they will shock you one of these days. When that girl will tell you, Mommy, hey, mommy. I found my friend. Yes. I have found my friend. I want to move on. That is when it will begin to show whether you did a good job or not. <laughs> Some of you, when I you wish that the earth opened up to just swallow you. Because the behavior of your child will be so embarrassing. Because you are missing your chance. You are a compromised parent. I know some people. You know, they, we are an arrogant generation. No doubt about it. So we need deliverance from arrogance. So some people say, Is it that he is treating his children that way? Then he expects that all of us will be treating our children like that. No. I. We also have our own ideas. Yes. All the best. All the best. All the best. Look at this generation, sir. Put that verse back there, please. Another generation arose. Another generation. Unfortunately, the majority of the people in this generation belong to this 
generation called another generation. Another generation that does not know God. Another generation that does not know the work of God. Another generation. Another generation. That things can do anything. It is okay. Do you think the lives of Apostle Paul who taught grace by excellence lived the way you are living today? This grace that is making you live a compromised life you wouldn't have known it if Paul had not about it. If grace meant living a compromised Christian life, how come Paul, a teacher of grace, said, Do not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but he is immoral? Paul, you are a great teacher of grace. You are saying I should not associate with this fellow. He says, don't even eat together with him. Don't even eat together with him. It is there in your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, my friend. Don't even eat with him. Don't eat with him. Don't associate with anyone called a brother, but he's immoral. He calls himself a brother, but he's fornicating in the church. Don't associate with him. You are deceived. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 11. 1 5 verse 11. But now I have written to you not to keep company. Not to keep company. Give me new living translation. Not to keep company. Not to associate. Mm. My God. Mm. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin. Mm. Or is greedy or worships idols or is abusive, that is, is a wife bitter, or is a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such a fellow. But you. These are the people you are eating with. Now let's eat. It's okay, brother. Once in a while it happens. Mm. Enemies of spiritual vibrancy. Enemies of spiritual fire. Enemies of spiritual vibrancy. Enemies of fire that we must watch against. Number one. Age. Zaka. Your age. Zaka Zanu. Do you know 
Because some people stopped doing certain spiritual things because they think that they are now grown up. They stopped, for example, serving in certain ministries in the house of God because of age. For instance, they can't sing in the praise team anymore because they are saying, now we, we, are, we are old. Now we used to do these things. Now we have left these things to younger ones. No, sir. Aye. You are backslidden. Number two. Love for the world and the things of the world. Love for the world and the things of the world. 1 John chapter 2 1 Johanna chapter 2 verses 15 to 17 you know the passage verse 15 it talks about us not loving the world and the things of the world it says because the things that are in the world are not of God last of the eyes last of the flesh and the pride of life. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. Talking about Demas. Yes, 2 Timothy 4 and verse number 10. It says, for Demas has forsaken me. Why? It says, having loved this present world. Many, many Christians are lovers of the world. Not lovers of God. But lovers of the world. Lovers of the world. Number three. Prayerlessness and failure to study the word of God. Prayerlessness and failure to study the word of God. Prayerlessness and failure to study the word of God. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when the enemies wanted to destroy Daniel, you know what they targeted? They targeted just, hear this, 30 days of Daniel's prayerlessness. They twisted the government system. And they passed a law that said no one is going to pray to any other God for 30 days except to the king. That law was targeted against Daniel who was praying to the living God the Almighty One. His prayer suffocated wickedness in the Babylonian government system. And the unbelievers, the wicked ones of that time, were not happy about it. So they said, Let's put in place a law. That will stop the prayers of Daniel just for a month. Number four. 
One month of prayerlessness is more than enough to put your life to rest forever. Daniel chapter 6, my friend. Daniel 6. Verses 1 to 20. But Daniel refused. He refused to be cowed into prayerlessness. He said, no. I I'd rather bend than bow. When that law was passed, that was the day he opened his window facing Jerusalem. And he bombarded loud prayer so they could hear him. And that is what took him to the den of lions. Refusal to stop praying. Refusal to stop praying. Some of you, the devil has kept you busy. Busy making money. Busy solving problems. So much that there is no time, I mean quality time to be with Jesus. And that is why you are stranded. That is why you, you, are, you are confused in life. You are stagnated in your endeavors. Because unless you pray, God is not involved. Call unto me and I will answer. That is, if you don't pray, I will not be involved. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Number 4. Wrong association in ministry, family, and socially. Wrong association in ministry has scattered many people wrong association in family has made some people lose their marriages. We know of people who grabbed a friend's husband in the name of am I the one who proposes? The man knew he has a wife but he came to propose me so how could I say no? Wrong association in the workplace. Some people used to be holy. Until they joined certain companies. Wrong association in ministry. Some people used to be okay until they joined certain churches and ministries. I look at certain people today. You literally see that this fellow is crippled spiritually. 
He's a crippled fellow. Spiritually crippled. Because of his wrong ministerial alliance. Some of you, when I know, it is wrong association in terms of spiritual literature you have exposed yourself to. Wrong association in terms of books that you have read. that are confusing people. Books with wrong doctrines. Somebody read a book. He was fasting. Then he read a book. In the book, he came across a statement that said, it's not about fasting. He broke the fast. So after all, it's not about fasting. <laughs> Before you believe some of these things, check the history of the fellow he's writing. You find out that before you broke, you broke through. <laughs> before you became a big man that he is. <laughs> he used to live in fastings. It seems to me that some people begin to get some of these strange compromising revelations after they have already broken through. Anyone who says it's not about fasting, he's lying to you. He's lying to you. Some people say it's not about how long you pray. You see, you may be making a point, but because for how you are presenting it. In trying to emphasize certain points, we should never paint a picture that suggests that some of these cardinal Christian practices are not necessary. No one can tell me it's not about prayer. When Paul says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer, that means everything requires what? Prayer to work. Everything by prayer, sir. Everything by prayer. Everything by prayer. Nothing by prayer. Everything by prayer. Nothing by prayer. Nothing without prayer. Everything by prayer. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. A student must pray. 
for his education. He cannot just rely on other people's prayers. Just like nobody can go to the toilet on your behalf. I love my wife, but I can't eat on her behalf. She will starve to death. She wants to eat and honey, I love you so much. Let me eat on your Do I have a tube that will transmit that food to her stomach? Come on, let her eat by herself. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. It's the language of the irresponsible. Pray for me. 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 Pastor. Pray for me. You know, there are some people. The moment I see their WhatsApp message, I know it is a prayer request. And they will never give a testimony out of the prayers that they are requesting. There is no feedback. There is no feedback. There is no feedback. It's just another prayer point. Another prayer point. The moment I go to my WhatsApp, I see their name. I know it's time to pray. There's no time for thanksgiving. Because there's no testimony coming from them. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't live your life like that. Mm. Read one Kings 11. Verses 1 to 6. One Corinthians chapter 15. Verse number 33. One Kings 11. Verses 1 to 6. One Corinthians 15. Verse number 33. Number 5. Familiarity with God and the things of God. And that is what made Moses to lose it. He thought he could take God for granted. He regretted the day he was born. When God told him, he said, my friend, for what you have done, you are not going to enter the land of promise. God had told him to speak to the rock for the water to gush out. But he hit that rock with a rod, not once, but twice. And God said, you have not honored me in the sight of Israel. Therefore, you are not going to enter the land of promise. But Moses said, no. For him, it was business as usual. So he said, no, I know God is just angry for today. After some weeks, he said, Lord, let's discuss that issue again. He was shocked when God told him, let us not reopen that issue. He said, concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord. But he told me not to discuss that issue. That is, this issue is not available for discussion. You are not going to enter the land of promise. I'm not changing. 
I'm a merciful God, but on this one, there is no mercy. That is why the fellow died on the way. Was it not to Eli that God said, I had chosen you and your father's house to be my priest forever. But because you have not honored me, far be it from me that I should keep this agenda on the table. Priesthood has ended. Read it, it's there. In 1 Samuel chapter 2. Verse 27 to 30. Verse 27 to 30. Yeah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, that says the Lord, did I not clearly reveal and did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel met by fire? Why do you kick at my sacrifice? Taking God for granted. Kicking at the sacrifice of the Lord. And sleeping with women who came to worship God. Verse number 30. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, Are you reading it? I said, Indeed, that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me. That is, I have changed my mind. It will not be so anymore going forward. I pray that God will not change his mind concerning what he has in store for you. The key is never take God for granted. You remember Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 30. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 30. The Bible says and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Can I have that in the New Living Translation, please? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. Can I have it in New Living Translation, please? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. That is one way of saying do not disappoint him. Good news translation. Good news translation. It says do not restrain the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is convicting you. The Holy Spirit is instructing you. But you say, no, 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 no. 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 I, already know, I already know what to do. Amplified. What does Amplified say? What does Amplified say? 
do not quench, hear this, subdue or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number six, enemy is compromise. 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 What is to compromise? To lower the standards. To relax the rules. That is, you know the right thing to be done. But you choose to act otherwise. Compromise. Lowering the standards. Compromise can be deliberate disobedience. There is disobedience out of ignorance. You don't know the thing. But there is disobedience that is deliberate. I know what the Bible says, but I couldn't do otherwise. You know, some of these things, they are easier said than done. Even you who is asking me, you know that if you were in that kind of situation, you would also have done the same. And he's talking without any sense of sorrow. No. No. You'll be defensive, sir. Let's not talk to one another as if we, 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 we don't sin. I don't know why you are judging me. If you ask me, I can also tell you your problems. He's not serious. Compromise. Deliberately lowering the standards. When the Bible says do not conform any longer to the standards of this world. Some people will do it in the name of when I go home, I'll be on my knees to repent. But you find out that it is repentance without restitution. Repentance without restitution. That is, giving back. For example, if you steal, you are supposed to bring back, mm -hmm. give back what you have stolen. Mm -hmm. That is true repentance. Zacchaeus did it. On that day of his repentance. He said, I will not just be born again. If I stole 100,000, I will give back 200. That's the restitution. It's not there in today's church. 
People who still at the office and just repent without and, giving back what they stole. They continue running the business they started with stolen money. They don't know that the Bible says that the curse of the Lord shall be in the house of a thief. Mm? Can you snatch a wife from your friend? And just repent that, please, Lord, forgive me. No, take the wife back. Ah, uh -huh. uh, take the wife back. No, uh, we have repented. <laughs> so no, but the wife will be mine. Brother, just forgive me. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rise on your feet. I will not be able to finish my message. Because I was going to give you 14 decisions for spiritual vibrance. 14 major decisions. But that will be for the probably one of the sessions. I don't want to promise that tomorrow we'll talk about them. Because we are going by the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your two hands. Let's appreciate God for speaking to us. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We worship you, Lord. Father, we love you too. Thank you, Lord, for speaking unto us. We bless you. We worship you. We honor you. We adore you. Lord, we, we give magnify you. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We appreciate you. We honor you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Blessed be your holy name. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We worship you. We adore you, Lord. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord. Rateke di Basaya. Randerebebe Zakatayadababa. Satadebe Zenerebababa. Jesus. Precious name. Hallelujah. Amen. Now hear me. We are now entering into another solid moment in the presence of God. It's communion time. It's communion time. The Bible 
has given us protocols for handling the communion. Bible The Bible says Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 to 34 allow me to take it from the new living translation for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night when he was betrayed the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do Ata, this in remembrance of me. Atayamika ndiku mwenye ema nani nakuti ili nditukilanga lomwela perekedwa kwa inu muzijita zimenezi pokumbu kila ine. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Chimozi mozara takuja anatenga chikonati chikoi chindipangano latsopa anulama gazianga imani tawi zose pokumbukira ine. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. You can see from the few verses that we've read the spiritual significance and the strategic placement of the communion. We see, for example, that the communion must be taken with an attitude of thanksgiving to God. Number two, in the communion, we remember Christ. His love, for God so loved the world that he gave. No greater love has any man than this that he can lay down his life for the sake of his friends. We remember Christ, we remember his love. Number two, we remember his sacrifice. How that he died for us on the cross. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. He had to lay down his life. The Bible says for his friends. We are his friends. So in the communion we remember our friendship with him. 
Mungone notima kumbukila ugwenzi watu diye. In the communion, when you look at verse 25, we invoke the riches of the covenant. We invoke the riches of the covenant. That is, we activate, we activate, we activate the riches of the covenant. What the covenant contains begins to find expression in our lives. We also see that the communion is a pronouncement. Every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you are announcing and you remember that his death is our victory. His death is our victory. It was in dying that Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death. Hebrews 2 and verse number 14. Going down to 15. And you remember, he said, I'm he who died, but now I live. And I hold the keys of hell and death. Revelation 1, verse 18. Verse 27. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So now he begins to give us protocols for partaking a chameleon. He says it should not be taken unwettily. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. It is a meal that should not be taken haphazardly. It requires self-examination. I grew up in the village. So don't be surprised if I look village-like because I grew up in the village. I pride myself in being called a village boy because that's where I grew up. Some people say, I think, uh, do you come from Blanta? Come on. You don't come from Blanta. Blanta is not a village. In those days, even in the village, when it was communion day in church, people 
used to run away from the communion. Especially witches, wizards, drunkards, womanizers. And polygamists. Those who were audacious enough to remain in the church, but they were not taking it. As that fellow is coming with the, 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 the communion. The guy knows that, look, I'm not supposed to take this thing unless and until I correct my relationship with Jesus. He'll just swallow it. To take it unworthily is to swallow death. begin to run away from Holy Communion. Unless and until they change. Paul is saying that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. You may not be castigating your pastor. But if you are busy castigating another pastor elsewhere in the body of Christ, he's not talking about your local church, he's talking about the body of Christ. You castigate churches. You said these other churches are not real churches. There's no God there. God is only at our church. He's only at our church. My, 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 my. If you are not able to discern the body, you have no respect for the body of Christ. It says don't come near the communion. The body of Christ must be honored. Those who are not against us, they are for us. We may not belong to the same ministry. But they must be respected. Stay away from commenting on Issues to do with men and women of God. They don't eat at your house. What business do you have talking about men and women of God? It doesn't matter their scandals.
Do you feed them? Are they driving your cars? I'm cautioning you. We must be careful as we approach the table of the Lord. That is why I'll give you a minute or so to talk to God in repentance. Just in case. You don't have to miss the communion because you can actually correct things with God. It says, for if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. There are so many people that are eating and drinking God's judgment in the comedians. He says in verse number 30, that is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. This meal not taken properly is death in a bottle. It's like you're drinking poison. poison. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet, when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So, my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If you are really hungry, eat at home, so you won't bring judgment upon yourselves when you meet together. I will give you instructions about the other matters after I arrive. <laughs> because the church of God is a place of many instructions. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as we sing this song, I want you to take a minute or two to just say, Lord, as I approach your table, if there be anything in me that would hinder me from partaking the communion in a worthy manner. Take it away from me, Lord. Every plant in me that you did not plant, Lord, I uproot it right now. And claim cleansing by the blood of Jesus. Come on, lift your voice.
somebody lift your voice. Lift your voice. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for consecration. Pray for sanctification. Pray for consecration. And he went in the strength of that meal. For 40 days and 40 nights without eating again. I decree tonight that by this meal we are partaking in his presence. Somebody will receive new strength for the journey of life. In the name of Jesus. The strength you need for the rest of your life, God is giving you tonight. I'm talking to you. Can I hear a louder shout of Amen. Somebody is receiving healing tonight. 
Somebody is receiving satisfaction. Somebody is receiving divine strength. Divine stamina. In the name of Jesus. When Jesus broke bread, gave thanks, and gave it to those, those you remember those two disciples at Emmaus. The Bible says that their eyes were open. Tonight, may this meal give you supernatural intelligence. Supernatural comprehension. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Business personalities are receiving new business intelligence. Students are receiving academic intelligence. Parents are receiving parenting intelligence. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Whatever is called a sickness and a disease in any aspect of your life. As you partake of this communion tonight. That yoke shall be broken. That bondage shall be dismantled. That affliction shall be swallowed up in victory. I said that affliction shall be swallowed up in victory. I said that affliction shall be swallowed up in victory. In the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. Please, can I hear a louder shout of amen here? Amen. I said a louder shout of amen. Amen. I said a louder shout of amen. Amen. I decree this hour. That as you partake of this communion, anything in you that is not of God shall be evicted in the name of Jesus. I said it shall be evicted in the name of Jesus. As this communion enters your body, success shall enter your life. Victory shall enter your life. Prosperity shall enter your life. Excellence and distinction shall enter your life. In the name of Jesus. May this meal be your meal of favor. Your meal of prosperity. Your meal of divine connections. In the name of Jesus. By this meal, you shall never fail again in life. You shall never be stagnated again in life. You shall never break down again in life. In the name of Jesus. As you partake this meal tonight, the forgotten shall be remembered. The forgotten shall be remembered. The sick shall be healed. The barren shall become fruitful. Singles shall enter into marriage. In the name of Jesus. 
said in the name of Jesus. Somebody listening to me here. By this communion tonight. You are receiving divine speed. Accelerated progress. I said accelerated progress. Accelerated promotions. Accelerated promotions. In the name of Jesus. As you partake of this communion tonight. The devil's agenda of death against you shall be dismantled. In the name of Jesus. I'm talking to you. Can I hear you loud a shout if I may? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. One minute. Talk to the Lord about what you want this communion to do specifically for you. What a wonderful name it is. Come on, everyone pray. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of All the communion Jesus ministers, please come around. Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is Nothing compares to this What a wonderful name it is The name of Say what a wonderful name it is What a wonderful name it is What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus Thank you for the privilege of the communion. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, we sanctify the bread and we sanctify the drink. The bread is the very body of Christ. And the drink is the very blood of Christ. And as it passes forth to the children of God may it bring uncommon testimonies in the name of Jesus thank you Father in Jesus name Amen please if you are at home you need to take Get some liquid. 
that you are going to use as drink could be juice or any other drink including water if there is nothing else please don't make issues out of it then you also need to have something that could stand in for bread the body of Christ could be a piece of bread donuts anything including a piece a small piece of ensima don't bother but as we are partaking of the communion here in the house of God you also do the same where you are as they were eating Jesus took some bread and blessed it then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying take it for this is my body let's take the body of Christ And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them. And they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood. This is my blood. That is what he called it. He said, this is my blood. Let's take the blood. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We worship you. Celebrate we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Shakata Ragadala Thank you, Father. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' 
mighty name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 23 and verse number 6. Surely, Surely goodness, goodness and mercy shall, shall follow me all the days, days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. God bless you.